0: You're listening to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. My name is Peter Fritz, and this show is all about mastering your money, your time, and the best time of your life, your midlife, of course. Welcome back to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. This is episode number 34, so you'll find the corresponding blog post to go along with this over at midlifetribe.com slash 34. Today, we're going to talk about finding the right career or business. I've published a six step guide on midlifetribe.com over at midlifetribe.com slash 34. And uh, today we're going to go through it. And today is actually my birthday, my 50th birthday. So in the past, I might have thought, okay, I'm going to live till I'm 100. So let's just say that this is the halfway mark. But as you're going to find out as we go through this episode, I don't think that's true anymore. In fact, I don't quite think I'm at the halfway mark yet. So anyway, I'm publishing this episode and the corresponding blog post on March the 27th, 2018. And uh, the funny thing is, I still don't quite know what I want to be when I grow up. Now until recently, this used to worry me. It used to worry me a lot actually, but it doesn't anymore. And the reason is simple and I think somewhat revolutionary. You see, in adult years, I haven't hit the halfway mark yet. This idea came to me a few months back, and it instantly reframed my perception of aging. And the good thing is it put 18 years back into my lifespan account, which I figure is not bad for a couple of minutes of contemplation. So here's how it works. I figure that our first 18 years are spent scratching around in the dark, trying to figure out which way our ass is pointing. And personally, I could add another five or 10 years to that whole clueless period. I think A lot of us men could. It isn't until we hit adulthood that the clock really starts, in my opinion. So, my point is, as a 50 year old, I've only been an adult for 32 of those years. If I live that long again, and I believe I will, I'll only be 82. Now, my dad is 81, and the old bastard is fitter than I am, and he's a lot less stressed too. So, you see what I mean? You're not really as far along as you thought. There's still time to decide what you want to do with your life, who you want to be when you grow up. For example, if you're 43, you've only lived for 25 adult years. You're a baby. Hell, you'll probably live for another two adult lifetimes. Okay, so we've established that you haven't lived as long as you thought. The timeline has shifted back in your favor, and you're ready to figure this thing out. The question, though, is how exactly do you do that? If you follow the old mantra of, well, follow your passion, as many suggest these days, You might decide that watching football and drinking craft beer is your life's calling, or shopping, or playing Minecraft, maybe even decluttering wardrobes. Now, 10 years ago, these ideas would have been laughable. But today, people are making $10 bucks a year posting videos of themselves playing computer games on YouTube. And unboxing videos are huge, product review blogs are making serious money, and professional declutterers and life coaches are everywhere. I don't know about the football and craft beer thing, but I guarantee that someone's catching in on that too. So following your passion doesn't seem to be so stupid after all, but is it as simple as that? Well, as you might expect, the answer is probably no. Chances are there are other things to consider, and what might look easy on the surface for one person might well be impossible for you and your circumstances. So how do you make sense of this and work through all these variables. Indeed, what are the variables? And what if you're one of those multipotentialites, someone who has a dozen creative interests and couldn't possibly settle on one, not even for a year? Personally, I found that the older I get, the more I struggle with this too. When I was young, dumb, and full of beans, I wanted to be a banker. And for two years, I was. Then I wanted to be a journalist and a photographer. And for seven years, I was that too. And this is really how it went for me for about 25 years, layer upon layer. Today, I'm interested in, well, a whole swag of different things. And that can be a real problem because unless you focus on the one thing or one group of complementary things, it can be difficult to make headway. But thankfully, finding the intersection between multiple interests can be our saviour. My years as a writer and photographer and web designer support my mission to help midlifers reinvent themselves because all of these skills can be beneficial to the cause. I can use all of them and others as well. We'll come back to this later, but right now, let's go through the steps to choosing the right work for you. Now, first up, I have to say that I owe most of the framework for this to the guys over at Fizzle. I often talk about the guys at Fizzle. You will have seen them uh, in a number of posts in the past, along with Steph Crowder, and her podcast, Courage and Clarity. For years, I thought my life's calling was rooted in my skills. More recently, I focused more on the things that, well, light me up, the kind of things that I do for free just because I enjoy them. But what I've realized is that it takes a combination of around five elements to arrive at that sweet spot where everything comes together and it flows. This was brought home to me again recently when I sat down with my brother-in-law, well, technically ex-brother-in-law, and good mate Bobby, and he wants a career change. So we started looking at how he would like to work. In other words, what environment was he seeking? This is so easy to overlook in favor of, say, financial rewards or status or things like that. But I think it's actually the most important thing to consider. You might score a high paying job or you might even build a cash cow business. But if it means fighting rush hour traffic every day to sit in an office, or it means busting your ass on a building site come rain, hail, or shine, it might squeeze all of the life out of you. And if it takes you away from your family all the time, well, it might just ruin your marriage too. So deciding how your life should look when you're working is critical, I think. So, anyway, for Bobby, we narrowed it down to a few things. For example, He didn't want to work in a factory anymore. He's been doing that for years and he's sick to death of it. He wanted to do something that doesn't involve coming home filthy and sore every day and if possible he would love to be able to work at home or on the road. Uh, That would be brilliant for him. He also thought it might be nice to do something online. He hasn't done something like that before but he knows that I do and uh, I could help him with that and he also wanted an environment that exposes him to other interesting people who might lead him to other more interesting opportunities down the track. In terms of skills and characteristics, we considered what he's already good at. And these include the fact that he's not afraid of hard work. He's a very hard worker. Uh, He's very easygoing and happy to talk to anyone at any level. He knows a lot about cars. Uh, Weekend work is not a problem for him. And he's a fast learner and he's very keen to acquire new skills. Then we got onto things like passions. And we talked about the things that he loves doing and would be happy to do for very little money until his skills and his expertise grow, uh, until they get to a point where they pay off. The main items here were he's loved cars for most of his life. He would love to become his own boss. And ultimately, he wants to determine what his own value is based on the hard work and the uh, improved effectiveness of his work over time. After this, we looked at opportunities. And we thought about um, the fact that, well, skills and passion aren't enough to succeed at something. So we talked about the different types of opportunities in potential roles or businesses. For example, uh, the idea of becoming a sales rep on the road is appealing to Bobby, but we conceded that more and more of this is moving online these days. So it might be a diminishing opportunity over time. On the other side of the coin... The Australian retail car industry continues to grow, and dealerships are always looking for hardworking sales professionals who are prepared to adapt to this rapidly changing environment. Also, with online business opportunities popping up every day, we also agreed that although he lacks specific skills in this area right now, there's certainly no shortage of opportunities for him to stake a claim online down the track. After this, we looked at leverage. We considered where he might have um, some kind of unique skill or experience or attribute that he could use to amplify his chances. So after a few minutes, we arrived at another list. Uh, First off, he's prepared to work for free for a few days, so a potential suitor can sort of test drive him to see if they're a good fit for each other. He's given himself a five-year window to create his ideal work situation, so skilling up along the way is something that he fully embraces and is happy to do. Fortunately, his expenses are quite meagre, so he doesn't need to hit his ideal income next week or next month. I can help him with the skills that he's going to need if he wants to start an online business, if that's where he chooses to go. And I also have some trusted contacts in the car industry, so introductions to certain people should be quite easy. And he's extremely good at problem solving. Uh, Bobby and I have worked on a few projects together in the past, and he has this uncanny ability to come at a problem from a completely different angle and solve it. He's really good at that. So then came the time to make sense of all of this. We had all this on paper. We wrote all this down as we went along, and we talked about possible job roles and even small businesses that he might pursue. Then we wanted to wrap some numbers around all of this, and we used Fizzle's brilliant weighted decision matrix to score each of the ideas against its six different criteria, which are very similar to the five that I've just outlined. It's essential that weighting is applied. I mentioned uh, that the decision matrix at Fizzle is a weighted matrix, and it's important because, say, having personal experience or skills with a particular topic is more valuable than, say, having inside connections. And likewise, Being passionate about the thing that you want to pursue will usually outgun something else that's, I don't know, say, a fast and growing industry. So waiting takes care of these variables. Afterwards, we narrowed the opportunities down to three ideas. Number one, selling cars. Number two, representing an automotive-related business on the road as an account manager. And number three, selling products online, whether it's through his own website or through eBay or something similar. And after we scored everything using the decision matrix, this is what we came up with. Selling cars scored 375 points. Being an account manager on the road, 289 points. And selling stuff online, 349 points. So selling cars came in first, followed by selling stuff online, and then third, operating as an account manager. So two of those scores were pretty close. So from that, Bobby decided that the best thing to do would be to pursue the idea of selling cars first, and then learn how to build an online business on the side. So it's perfect. He gets to do something which is in the here and now, and then he gets to do something that uh, plays more of the long game, that uh, might pay him into the future, and then eventually if he chooses to, he can kill the day job and then pursue the side hustle as his full-time gig. And this is a far more pragmatic way of finding your passion because what it does is it shines a light on the areas where you're most likely to come unstuck. I did this exercise myself a couple of years ago and I looked at seven different ideas and the scores varied from 224 up to 423. In the end, the idea that scored the highest was to build a business around the idea of teaching people how to reinvent themselves in midlife and rest back control of their lives. On its own, it might not be particularly unique. Uh, A lot of people are talking about reinvention these days. But what made it unique for me, though, was my age and all the baggage and stress that comes with being middle-aged. I can talk about this stuff authentically with experience. So that's my USP, my unique selling proposition. Midlife reinvention as a topic is something that hits all the right notes for me. Uh, the reasons are, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I have experience with it. I've been through my own midlife crisis. I've, you know, dealt with the stresses of being middle aged and all the responsibilities that come with that, and you know, questioning yourself and what you're doing with your life and all that sort of stuff. Um, it speaks to a niche that I truly understand. And it suits my personality to write about and talk about and create stuff around this topic. And it has a growing audience of potential clients. Uh, There are plenty of people in, uh, in my niche who have struggled with similar things that I have and are looking for answers as well. So for me, it's ideal. And this is where finding intersections between multiple skills, interests, passions, ideas, and that sort of stuff start to make sense. But here's the thing. If I hadn't tackled this using a structured process, I may well have ended up trying to build a business around marketing and branding or photography, both topics I've had decades of experience with. Without a scoring process, I might have gotten, I don't know, say two years down the track only to realize that I wasn't unique enough to rise above the noise or that the passion just wasn't there anymore. I'm still trying to figure out who I want to be when I grow up but right now I've got to tell you that I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and it feels really good to be doing that. After all, I figure I haven't reached the halfway mark yet so I still have plenty of time to grow up. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Uh, If you want to read the corresponding blog post that goes along with this, just go over to midlifetribe.com slash 34. And if you'd like to try out Fizzle and test out their weighted decision matrix, then just go over to midlifetribe.com slash Fizzle and you'll be able to try them out for a month for free, which will get you through a good portion of of their nine stage roadmap and let you explore a lot of what they have on offer there without costing you a cracker. And finally, if you'd like a couple of ideas on how to reinvent your midlife, well, I wrote a book about it not long ago. It's not terribly long. It's about 60 pages long. It's um, full color, landscape format, perfect for reading on an iPad or a laptop. And you can get that for free just by going to midlifetribe.com slash 15 ideas. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in. Here's to mastering your midlife. Bye-bye.